0: What is up, everyone? It's Quinn here, and I have a zero RB draft strategy video for you guys today. So I know the zero RB draft strategy is heavily criticized. I know a lot of people are very, very against it. And to be totally honest, it's not a strategy that I use a ton. Um, but I do think there are spots where if value is available at other positions and your league mates are just you know, sucking all the running backs out of the draft pool, I'm definitely not opposed to going zero RB at some points. Um, But remember, I always have to preface these draft strategy videos with this. You should never go into a draft with one strategy. Like I will never go into a draft saying, I'm going to go zero RB. It just doesn't make any sense. You're locking yourself into a strategy, especially with zero RB, you're just straight up fading a position. But if the value's there, you should totally take a running back. This is only for when, you know, through your first few rounds, you've gone best player available and it's just like no running backs were in those spots. Um, So like I always say, you should go bless player available and then you figure it out from there after the first like three or four rounds. So now getting into the zero RB draft strategy, first off, when you should use it. Because I feel like zero RB is the one strategy where in certain league settings, um, it should just not even be on the table. So first off, you're gonna have to be in a PPR or half PPR league to execute this. You really just don't want to do it in standard because these half point PPR, PPR leagues, they put more of a focus on the wide receivers, which is obviously going to be a strong position if you're going zero RB. And then you should be able to start at least four wide receivers. So four more wide receivers in your starting lineup. This could be a two wide receiver, two flex league. This could be a three wide receiver, one flex league. It could be you know three wide receivers, two flexes. Whatever it is, you wanna be able to start at least four wide receivers in your offense. In your standard like league format, you're gonna see on like ESPN, I think Yahoo also, where it's like two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex. Zero RB just doesn't make a ton of sense because there's not enough wide receiver spots to kind of warrant just punting the running back position. Um, So now diving into actually like the roster construction of a zero RB team, hence the name, zero rb involves pretty much punting the running back position i would say typically through the dead zone which would be like round six so i think typically you'd be getting your first running back like round seven eight nine somewhere in there and then the idea is that your zero rb teams should pretty much dominate everywhere outside the running back position if you're punting the rb position you want every other spot to be pretty solid you should have strong wide receiver options through the flex plus like one or two solid bench options and then personally, I think you need to have at least a mid-tier quarterback and/or tight end. So you don't necessarily have to have like a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, or you know a Travis Kelsey, a Mark Andrews, but you at least want like a mid-tier option or above for the tight ends. That would be like a Darren Waller or a George Kittle, a T.J. Hawkinson for quarterbacks. That would be like you know a Justin Herbert, a um, like a Trevor Lawrence, guys like that. And personally, I prefer having a mid-tier option or better for both those positions. I just think if you're punting the running back position, you really want to dominate a wide receiver, you want to dominate at quarterback, and you want to dominate at tight ends. And then once you get past that running back dead zone, you're typically going to just be hammering the running back position in the later rounds. You're also likely going to be targeting ambiguous backfields, right? Once you get into like that round seven, eight, nine area, there's not a ton of sure things at the position, but there are running backs that are in, you know, supposed committees who could end up breaking out and being really strong options for you. And then also in the later rounds, you probably just want to be firing a ton of darts at committee options who may be able to take over later on in the season or fill in for certain weeks. And I do think some people just hate the zero RB strategy because when you look at your starting lineup heading into week one, it may not look that great, right? Because if you punted the running back position, your running back one may be like an okay option. It might be like a high-end RB3 in the grand scheme of things but your running back two probably isn't going to look great you probably have some decent wide receivers on the bench so it just doesn't seem like your team is super well constructed but the appeal to zero RB is that your teams actually build throughout the season whereas other teams kind of regress So the RB position is very fragile, it's very injury prone. So you're gonna have these other teams that go early RB, some of those running backs are gonna get injured, those teams are gonna fall off, whereas your team is gonna build now because you have those handcuffs, you have those players in ambiguous situations to kinda upgrade your roster, plus you have the wide receiver depth to kinda maintain the wide receivers and flex positions throughout the season. So that is pretty much the upside of drafting zero RB like I said at the top, it's not a strategy I go to a ton. I do like getting one or two running backs in those first few rounds, but it's also not a strategy I'm just going to completely throw away, right? Like if there's no running back value, I'm not going to force it if, you know, my league kind of fits these standards where I could be starting four or five wide receivers and it's half point PPR or PPR scoring. Now I'm going to be jumping into five different mock drafts from five different positions to show you guys, you know, how your zero RB teams could kind of shake out here. So let's jump into the first one. This is going to be from the first overall pick, um, PPR scoring and looking at the roster construction, decently normal, two running backs, two wide receivers, two flex options, and then five bench, and then obviously one quarterback, one tight end. So from the 101, I kind of feel like this 101 pick is a spot where zero RB does kind of work because I think a lot of the good running backs could kind of get picked earlier in the second round. You have a really strong 101 with Justin Jefferson, which is who we took there. And then I think the four five turn is also pretty interesting for zero RB. There's typically not a ton of running backs, if any, that I like picking in that spot. So we're going to start off this draft with Justin Jefferson at the 101. I think a very strong pick. He is my best player available. It's so in that the 2-3 turn. Now, we could have gone with a running back like Ramondre. Um, I pretty much have all these guys in the same tier. Um, guys like Chubb, Pollard, Derrick Henry, all of them were off the board. So I go with Jalen Waddle and Mark Andrews. These are guys I view as back-end wide receiver two picks, or back-end round two picks. So we get our wide receiver two with Jalen Waddle, and then we get a stud tight end one to dominate one of those... Um, you know, other positions, quarterback and tight end. So we get Andrews there. Then we get to the 4-5 turn. And like I said, this is not a spot where I like going running back. The guys before us were picked, uh, Miles Sanders and Damian Pierce. Like those are not guys I'm considering in round four. So at the 4-5 turn, we get Amari Cooper, who I would take in the late third round. So I love the value there. And then we get an elite option at the quarterback position with Justin Herbert. I think the value makes sense there. That's pretty much where I have him in my rankings. So through five rounds, we have three wide receivers and then we have an elite quarterback and elite tight end option. And I really don't think like we passed on any crazy value at the running back position. It's just kind of how the draft played out, which is a point I'm going to continue to emphasize. Then heading into round six, we get Deontay Johnson to be wide receiver four, which I think is a pretty fair price. And then we get into round seven. And I think this is the spot where we probably want to take our shot on our first running back here. I think the running back pool really kind of, um, you know, fades out after this spot. You get to like round six, round seven. That's where you're going to see a lot of guys in the tier of like James Conner, Javante Williams, Rashad White, James Cook, all of those guys. That's where they start to come off the board. And then once you get to the like round eight, they're typically not going to be available. So at the 701, I went with Javante Williams. This could have been a Rashad White pick. This could have been a uh, James Cook pick. I just prefer Javante Williams. He's cleared um, to practice. Uh, we're expected to see him in the preseason. So I definitely think he's interesting to be our running back one. Then in round eight, we get another wide receiver with Quinton Johnston, so he's going to be our wide receiver five, creating a lot of solid wide receiver depth, and we also stack him to Justin Herbert, our quarterback, same team. You know, if Herbert's doing well, Quinton Johnston is probably doing well also. And then in the last five rounds, this is where we just start to kind of hammer the running back position, so we go with Zach Charbonnet in round nine. I talked pretty extensively about Zach Charbonnet in my uh, must-draft handcuff video, Um, I just really like him as an option this year. I think he will have some week-to-week value, but then he also has RB1 upside if um, Kenneth Walker goes down. And then we go with Damian Harris in round 10, a guy in an ambiguous situation. Who knows what's going to happen with him and James Cook and their split. And then I get Rashad Bateman as a really nice value in round 11 to be our wide receiver six, and then finish it up with two handcuffs, Jalen Warren and Kendra Miller. So if you're looking at this team, You can see we pretty much dominated everywhere but the running back position, right? We have a really strong quarterback. Our wide receivers are really nice. Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddell, those are two guys that I would consider to be like top 12 options. Then we have Amari Cooper, who I think is like a mid to high end wide receiver two. And then Deontay, who's a really solid wide receiver three, but is slotting in as our wide receiver four. Uh, Mark Andrews, great option at the tight end position. And then our running back spot, it is going to be weak, but I do think we have some players who could kind of break out for us. Javante Williams, if he's healthy, I think he's going to end up being a value. Zach Charbonnet, who knows how that Seahawks backfield shakes out, or an injury to Kenneth Walker could upgrade him. Damian Harris, who knows how that split shakes out. And then handcuffs with Jalen Warren and Kendra Miller. Injuries happen to the guys ahead of them they become startable options. So that is going to be our first mock draft. Now moving in to the second one, this is also going to be PPR scoring. It's going to be from the four spot, but I changed up the roster construction a little bit. It's still going to be, you know, one quarterback, one tight end, two running backs, two wide receivers, but I just added another flex spot um, to kind of shake it up a little bit. So from the 104 spot, we start off with Tyreek Hill. This could have been wide receiver, this could have been running back, you know, it could have been Eckler, it could have been Bijan, it could have been Cooper Cup. I've talked, you know, pretty heavily all offseason about how I feel like that tier with Bijan, Eckler, Hill, Cooper Cup, you can go whatever way you want. So maybe in a different draft and go running back, but since this is zero RB, we go with wide receiver, and I don't think it's like, you know, a terrible value to go with Tyreek Hill. Then in the second round, we get a falling Devontae Adams at the 209, so I'll definitely take him there all day long. Um, If he's going to fall there, he's someone I'd take at the 1-2 turn, so really like him at that price. And then we get a round three Mark Andrews, which pretty much Andrews anywhere in round three is someone I'm going to be super interested in for fantasy, and he's going to slot in to be our elite tight end option. Then in round four on the way back... Like I've talked about, I really never liked the value of running back in round four. So I go with uh, Justin Fields to be our elite quarterback option. And then I hammer the wide receiver position from rounds five through round seven, go Christian Watson, then Mike Williams, then Deontay Johnson. So now we have wide receivers through our flex right now since we can start five um, in this format. And since there is an extra wide receiver spot, I think this is where we kind of start to get serious about the running back position. And since we can start five different wide receivers in this roster format, I'm not just going to continue to hammer the wide receiver position and just totally pass up on these running backs. So in six of the next seven rounds, we uh, hit up the running back position, some familiar faces from the last draft. So I go with Antonio Gibson in round uh, eight. To be totally honest, I don't have a ton of Antonio Gibson. I don't draft him a lot, but I think this is a decently fair price. Um, He fits that like ambiguous backfield situation where who knows what's going to happen with the commanders there. Then we go Zach Charbonnet again, Damian Harris again, like those two options. Then we go Rashad Bateman in round 11. I think, you know, those nine, 10, 11 picks were the same from the last draft. But if Bateman's going to be our wide receiver six and we're getting him in round 11, I think it makes sense. And then we just fire a bunch of darts. Jalen Warren, Roshan Johnson, Zamir White. I think Zamir White is a super interesting option in uh, zero RB drafts just because if he can carve out that backup role to Josh Jacobs, we don't know what's going on with this Josh Jacobs contract. He may miss time early in the season, which could make Zamir White a starter. And he could also miss time late in the season if he just decides to wrap it up, which could make Zamir White very, very valuable for the uh, fantasy playoffs. So that's going to be our mock from the fourth pick. Once again, wide receiver, super solid, right? Mike Williams, who I view as a top 20 wide receiver. He's our wide receiver four, Deontay our number five, strong quarterback, strong tight end. Obviously the running back position, that's the weak spot, but that's kind of comes with the territory with the zero RB draft strategy. Now the next mock is going to be from the seventh pick and we're going back to the first roster construction. So just uh, two flex spots in this one. And honestly, this is one of the favorite mock drafts I've done, you know, throughout all of these videos, you know, double hero RB, hero RB. I really, really liked the way this one played out. And I think I just have to emphasize, right? I never forced these picks. These are like the value picks when I was up. These are the guys I liked. Um, And it turned into a really stacked roster, which is how a lot of your zero RB teams should be because if you don't go in thinking zero RB, you just go best player available through the first you know, four, three, four or five rounds and then you play it out from there. That's what happened in this one and I really liked the way this one played out. So we had the 107 spot. Um, I go with Cooper Cup here at the 107. We get Devontae Adams in the mid second. I'll take him again at that price. You know, I would take him one two turn like I said. So if I get a mid round two, I love it. Mark Andrews at the 307. This is a spot where I could have gone with Brees Hall, and typically I'd be very cool taking Brees Hall in the mid-third. But if Mark Andrews is gonna fall there, I'm gonna take him. I'm not gonna force the running back pick. Then we get a falling Calvin Ridley in round four. That's three straight rounds with like some pretty decent falling from these guys, like at least a half round slip in terms of their ADP. And so I'm not gonna force another position. I'm gonna take the value. And then we get another faller in round five with Justin Fields. So through three rounds, we have three wide receivers that I view as top 13 wide receivers. We have an elite tight end, the tight end two overall. And then we have my tight end five, or sorry, my quarterback five in Justin Fields. In round six, we get Mike Williams, who I love in these drafts, to be our wide receiver four. And then in round seven, this is a spot where we can start to consider our first running back. And that's where I go with David Montgomery. I think he's someone who can be a really solid RB1 on a zero RB team if you're able to get him in round seven. I think he has weekly value. And then he also has that upside if Jameer Gibbs ever goes down with injury. On um, round eight, we go with Quinton Johnston to be our wide receiver five. Get Rashad Penny in round nine. I don't typically have a ton of uh, you know Rashad Penny shares. I don't hit the draft button on him a ton, but I do think it makes sense to get some exposure to him just because if he does end up being the lead back for the uh, Eagles, he will be super valuable. Another kind of ambiguous situation where he could have some upside. Round 10, we go with uh, Cortland Sutton. And then in the next three rounds, just hammer out these handcuffs, Elijah Mitchell, Tank Bigsby, Jalen Warren. So once again, reviewing the draft, these wide receivers are absolutely stacked. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams in our starting lineup, Quinton Johnston, Cortland Sutton, solid depth, Justin Fields, love him at the quarterback position, Mark Andrews, obviously love him at tight end. And then I think we have one solid weekly starter in David Montgomery. And then it's just going to be rotating that RB2 spot. If Rashad Penny's the guy with uh, the Eagles, cool um you know maybe it's a cmc injury an etn injury a Najee injury that plugs one of these other guys into our lineup but i really do like the way this one uh played out and it's just because we didn't force anything at the running back position right in rounds you know four or five i could have forced an aaron jones pick i could have forced a deandre swift pick but it just doesn't make sense to pass up on that value in other positions now the next mock draft is going to be ppr from the nine spot Um, And we're going back to the three flex. So two wide receivers, three flex options. So we want five wide receivers through that flex. The 109, I've talked about it. I don't love this draft position. I have a top seven. None of those top seven make it back to me. So Stefan Diggs is my best player available at the 109. So I go with Stefan Diggs. Then in round two, I go with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who is someone I would take at the one-two turn. I like the value here in round two. Then in round three, I typically would go Calvin Ridley, but i go Calvin Ridley in a lot of these mock drafts. So I ended up going with uh, Devonta Smith. And then we get into round four, which is where I go with Amari Cooper to slot into our second flex spot. And then we go into round five, and I just hammer out another wide receiver. I think if you were in a league where you could only start four wide receivers with this format, I think you would kind of be in a tough spot here because you would end up you know, having to take a bench option in your first five rounds, or you would have to force a quarterback or tight end pick. But I was able to be more flexible at the uh, wide receiver position because we could start five. If this was starting only two flexes, I probably would have considered Justin Fields over Amari Cooper in that spot. So definitely something to keep in mind there. But through five rounds, we have wide receivers through our flex. And I will say we got kind of fortunate here because if Trevor Lawrence went at that uh, five, six turn and he didn't make it to us here at the 604, I think we would have been in a tough spot. I guess we could have drafted a running back here, but it probably would have been a forced pick. But fortunately, Trevor Lawrence falls here to like the mid-sixth round area, so we snag him. Uh, Looking back on it, it probably would have made sense to go Ridley over Devonta Smith because we would have got that stack, but... Obviously, we didn't know it when we made that pick. So we go Trevor Lawrence in round six. And then going into round seven, this is a spot where we probably want to get our first running back. We had Javante and Rashad White go right before us. So kind of made the decision easy to go with David Montgomery here to be our running back one. And then in round eight, we actually kind of get a decent tight end value. Evan Ingram falls to us. We didn't get an early round tight end, and then we have the stack option with Trevor Lawrence. So I think that tight end spot made sense. Round nine, we go with Zay Flowers as some wide receiver depth. Go to the wide receiver position with Devin A-Chain, a guy in an ambiguous situation who could break out as the running back one, especially if the uh, Dolphins don't bring in Delvin Cook. We get Rashad Bateman round 11. I will always be going after Rashad Bateman in round 11. And then just hammer out some handcuff options, Tank Bigsby, Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears. So, you know, once again, wide receiver position, super, super strong. Um, two guys that I have in my top six wide receivers, I believe. Um, we have a nice, like, fringe wide receiver one, and then Amari Cooper is like a mid-tier wide receiver two. Christian Watson, a guy I have in my top 24. So five top 24 wide receivers that we're starting week to week, a solid mid-tier quarterback option. Decent back end tight end, and then obviously the running back position is a little bit of the issue, but um, you know, a spot that could kind of upgrade throughout the season with injuries to other workhorses. Now, moving into the fifth and final mock draft, this is going to be from the 12 spot, and I think the 12 spot, similar to the number one pick, is a spot where you could execute zero RB just depending on how you view the turn. Because I think in a lot of drafts, when you're picking at the one, two turn, you have a lot of options. You can go wide receiver, wide receiver. You can go running back, running back. You can go one of each. But if you are someone who likes the value on wide receiver, I think once you get back to like rounds three and four, the running back position may already be gone. And I feel like you know that decision kind of may be made for you. So keep that in mind. But this is going back to the two flex option. So two wide receivers, two flexes. And with our one-two turn picks, we go CeeDee Lamb and uh, Amon Ra St. Brown. Like, you could definitely consider Nick Chubb here. I honestly think in a PPR draft, I probably would just straight up go CeeDee Lamb and Amon Ra. So we get those two guys to lead our wide receiver position. Then we get back to the 3-4 turn. And guys that I would consider at this spot at the running back position, Ramondre, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, those guys are all off the board. I know some people would go Travis Etienne here. I'm just not super bought in on Travis Etienne, to be totally honest with you guys. So three, four turn, I go Calvin Ridley and I go Keenan Allen. We have wide receivers locked in through our flex and some really, really solid options. Three top 13 guys in my rankings and then one like mid-tier wide receiver too. Then at the five, six turn, we hit up the quarterback and the tight end position. We go Trevor Lawrence in round five, Darren Waller in round six. So, so far we have our entire starting lineup filled out minus the running back positions. We have solid options at quarterback and tight end and then stacked at wide receiver round seven. Um, I didn't really like love two running backs here. Like this was a spot where we could have double tapped running back. I just don't think it made sense. James Cook was the only guy I liked at this spot. Like didn't want to go around like early round eight, Dylan or Gibson, Montgomery, Javante. Those guys were off the board. So I go Jordan Addison at wide receiver to get depth there. And then I go with James Cook in the eighth round, round nine, got to go with Elijah Moore. The value is just too good. And then we also get Khalil Herbert at that turn. Khalil Herbert dominated the snaps with the uh, starters in the preseason game. Obviously, I think Roshan Johnson could still expand his role, all of that stuff. But another ambiguous situation where if Khalil Herbert is the clear cut lead back, he will be valuable for the Bears. And then we just, you know, fire off these darts at the running back position Tyler Algier, Tank Bigsby and Tajay Spears. So another draft that I think honestly looks decent, right? James Cook, Khalil Herbert, these guys could break out in their backfields, a bunch of depth options. And then I think our wide receivers are also really solid with Jordan Addison and Elijah Moore as our wide receiver five and six. Starters are pretty solid here. So that is going to wrap it up for the five mock drafts. Um, You know, if you guys did stick out, watch the entire video, and you came into it not being a fan of Zero RB, I mean, first off, I definitely appreciate it. Um, And, like, what are you guys thinking? Like I said, this is not something I execute personally a ton, just because I will not, like, force myself into it. If there is a running back I like in the first one, two, three rounds... I will draft them. I'm not gonna fade off of them, but I think you are gonna be stuck in spots if you're in a league where everyone's just so hungry to get those running backs, right? And everyone is pushed up. Like you're gonna see like that Chubb, Pollard, Henry tier all picked in like the first half of the second round. I do think it could make sense if you have the flex options available, um, you know, to start wide receivers that it is something you should just consider in your fantasy drafts. So how are we feeling about this draft strategy? Let me know down below. If you enjoyed the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.